You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Or learn more about us online at theriverdurant.com. Two graduates have enjoyed successful careers in business and education, will be honored as distinguished alumni during homecoming festivities at Southeastern Oklahoma State University. Alumni and friends are invited to join in the celebration on October the 2nd and 3rd. This year's homecoming theme is Come One, Come All to Southeastern, the greatest place on earth. Hallelujah. <laughs> this year's distinguished alumni, Susan Wilson Stafford, and Frank T. Feets, right there. Amen, amen. We'll be, they will be honored at the Distinguished Awards Banquet at 5.30 p.m. on Friday, October the 2nd, in the Visual and Performing Arts Center. They'll also be recognized Saturday during pregame ceremonies at the Southeastern, Southeastern Southwestern football game. Frank Feets earned his bachelor's degree in business and went to work for the J.C. Penney Company as a management trainee. The Ryan, Oklahoma native later became a division manager in Fort Worth, Texas. Feets was recruited by Bell's department stores and joined that company in 1962. He worked his way up, up the ranks, and listen to this, young people. It didn't say he, he fought his way. It didn't say he... He maneuvered his way. He didn't say he manipulated his way. It said he worked his way. He worked his way up the ranks and by 1987 was named Chief Operating Officer of Bell's Department Stores. The first one that wasn't named Bell's. Or wasn't named Bell. Okay. In this capacity, he oversaw 160 stores in Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, and Alabama, along with buying offices in Dallas and a, and a distinguished uh, center and a distribution center in Jacksonville, Texas. After facilitating the sale of the company to Specialty Realty, Incorporated SRI, and Bain Capital of Boston, he became CEO of the Bell's Division of SRI. Feats retired after 27 years with Bell's, now known as Stage, in 1989. Following retirement, he served as president of Christian International Business Network, a part of Christian International Ministries. Feats and his wife, Gay, moved back to Durant in 2005 to be closer to the family, and they serve as elders of the river. Praise God. Let's give him a big hand. Praise God. That's a big, big deal, y'all. It's a big deal for me that they're here, part of this church. And it's a bigger deal to me that this church is filling up even on, even on Labor Day weekend. Most everybody goes, y'all would rather be here than at the lake. Hallelujah. Man, I had to talk Miss Ann into going to church this morning. She almost went to the lake. <laughs> That's not true. We've been talking about 1 Timothy chapter 2. I want you to put verse Timothy... Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1 up there, please. And just for, just for, the sake of full disclosure, I'm not actually a Republican. <laughs> They're way too liberal for me. 
Amen. First Timothy chapter 2. Is it up on the board? What does it say? I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. That's all we're going to read. We've got a lot of scripture to cover today from other parts of the Bible defining these four areas of prayer. These four areas of prayer, supply, supplication. That's where you pray for what you need to pray about, what you want to pray about. Prayers, that really is more about praying what the prayers that we know about. That is the prayers from scripture. That's what God wants you to pray about. Yeah. Intercession, that's praying what others need, to, need you to pray about. And thanksgiving is prayer for all kinds of prayer. All kinds of prayer needs to be accompanied with thanksgiving. We've, we've talked on this quite extensively already. Supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving. But you'll notice the acronym. One thing that's different about prayer than meditation is prayer comes from your mouth. You speak prayers. You don't think prayers. There's nothing wrong with meditation. The body of Christ doesn't do enough of it. But that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about prayer. Prayer is something that's spoken. So I think it's convenient for me, being a preacher, that this is already spelled out like this. S-P-I-T. Spit it out for Pete's sake. If you've got a prayer in you, spit it out. Amen. Supplications, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving. Now last time we talked about the blood of Jesus and the importance of it with respect to what, what it means we, we, we peeled off to talk about prayer out of that Hebrews 9 chapter. You remember when we talked about the blood, how important the blood is and what it means to us as believers. The blood means that there is a man seated at the right hand of the Father, and he has a name. You don't have to go around applying the blood to everything. That's not in the New Covenant. The, new, the, the apostles never talked like that. Now we, I, in the church I was brought up in, we did. We applied the blood to everything. We talked about, we apply the blood, I apply the blood to that. That's really not in the Bible. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news to those of you who love to do that. And I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying it's not really in the Bible. And don't you really want your, your practice to line up with the Bible? Yeah. It's just too much to ask that we live like the Bible teaches us to live and not add a bunch of garbage to it. You don't need to, to apply the blood. The blood is applied. Yes. My problem is I, I believe in the finished work. Amen. I'm going to try this side. My problem is I believe in the finished work of Christ. Amen. That it was finished. And I don't have to apply the blood, not when it's already applied for my sake. Jesus is seated at the right hand of Almighty God. Amen. That means the blood is applied for you. Amen. If you have a situation you need to dominate on this earth that you think the blood needs to be applied to, just use the name of the blood. The one with the blood was the one with the name. Yes. Glory to God. His name has all authority because his name is attached to his blood. Yes. If you put your faith in the name, the blood will do its work for you. It'll have the efficacy, the power, the efficiency of the blood behind it all. Glory to God. So today I want to talk, talk, start talking to you about the blood and the name. Look at John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 13. Oh, hallelujah. Remember the blood speaks. Adam didn't hear the blood speak. Eve didn't hear the blood speak. Cain that shed it didn't hear the blood speak. But somebody heard the blood speak. Remember the first mention of the blood? 
Genesis 4.10, God said, Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. The, the blood spoke to God. So when you don't know how to pray, if you use Jesus' name, the blood will speak to God. Hallelujah. How many of you have ever been in prayer, been in a place where you didn't even know how to pray? You're being honest. I didn't know the right thing to say. You don't know what pastors deal with. You don't know what pastors deal with. But when trouble comes in a church, when trouble comes in a family, and the pastor has to show up, and they're the ones that, they're the ones that everybody calls when they're in trouble. I've, I've had to perform ba funerals for babies. You don't want to do that. You don't want to be the person they call for that. Wrecks of teenagers killing themselves on prom night. I've had to do that. You don't want to do that. It's a horrible, hard thing to have to do. But I've learned something, that the efficacy of the name, the power of the name can take you through anything. Will take you through anything. The power of the name of Jesus fixes what can't be fixed. Glory to God. Jesus said in John 14, Whatsoever ye shall ask, verse 13, In my name that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Hear me, hear me. It is where God gets glory when you get your prayers answered. Amen. You don't have to beg and plead God. Oh, please. Oh, please, God, if you know me, if you love me, please give me, please give me. I've prayed so many prayers like that until I'm ashamed. Begging God, trying to show him how contrite I was so he would finally do something about my situation. Am I in the right house? Yeah. Yeah. We've all done it because we were taught to do that. If you can just show how broken you are, God will respond. I'm sorry, He doesn't respond to brokenness. No more than He responds to need. He responds to one thing. Come on, somebody tell me how. God responds to faith. Now, if you've got to get broken for your faith to be released, that's okay. If you've got to cry, if you've got to cry to, to, to get it out there, that's okay. But He's not responding to the cry. He's responding to what you believe. God is a faith God. That's His connection to us. The spirit of man is a candle of the Lord. And that's where faith works. It's in your heart, inside you. Whatsoever things you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may glorify, be glorified in the Son. And if you ask, listen to verse 14, and if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. I don't know what, what language means to you, but that means what it says to me. I don't know the point of language if we can't take that for what it says. I don't know the point of communication if I can't believe that like it says it. Amen. Well, I prayed a lot of prayers, preacher. That didn't get answered. And I think it was just the sovereignty of God, you know. I said, where'd you learn that nonsense? Where'd you learn that nonsense? Had nothing to do with the sovereignty of God. It had to do with what you believed. Pure and simple, it's time for the body of Christ to grow up and understand that we are responsible for the size of our faith. Amen. The Bible teaches this over and over and over. Think about it. If God was responsible for how much faith you had, why would He rebuke the disciples for having very little? That's right. Am I helping anybody today? 
Oh, ye of little faith. He rebuked them, the Bible says. He rebuked them for the size of their faith. How is it that you have no faith? He'd say to them. Well, well, my doctrine says you're the one who distributes faith. Did it get quiet in here or is it just me? <laughs> God does distribute faith, but He distributes it this way, by what you hear. Faith comes by hearing. That's how God distributes faith. He didn't pick this guy to give a bunch, and this guy to give a little, and that guy to give a bunch, and this guy to give a little. I'm known in some circles as the faith guy. In the circles in CF, at CF, and I, at CF and I, they call me, yeah, he's the faith guy. Some of them even started calling me Dr. Faith. <laughs> I'm kind of blessed by that. And some of them that call me the faith guy aren't being, aren't being uh, what do you call it, uh, complimentary. <laughs> Yeah, it's that faith guy. And uh, as that faith guy, I, I have detractors. But I've learned something. I have been attacked more times than you can imagine. Let me say to you, I do not teach these things be believing because everything has always gone right with me. I've had the same kind of struggles everybody else has. But I've learned that some of them come for a little while and I get over it quick. Others have come to me and it took months. Others have come to me and I've been fighting for years. Amen. You understanding me? That's how faith works. Faith doesn't decide that it never reaches a point where it decides, well, this must not be working. That's something else that decides that. And you, you, you've heard it said, and you may have even said it yourself. I said it one time years ago. Well, I tried it. I tried it, but it didn't work. Came out of my mouth. Well, it was 30 years ago, 30 or 35 years ago. Last time it ever came out of my mouth. Because I had a really good, close friend who said, yeah, you tried it, and it didn't work. So you've stopped trying now. Is it working now? Uh -oh. Well, come to think of it, it's not. I learned that I was responsible for the faith that was operating in me and nobody else was. I learned to stop policing what everybody else had to say. I used to, I used to police everybody. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. I'm going to let you say whatever you want to say. You are free to be you. But if you want victory in your life, I'm telling you from here, from this platform of, of education here, I'm telling you, you have to start controlling your tongue. The only reason I stand out as a faith guy is because of so much unbelief in the world. And I did not get this point with, without having struggles. There are all kinds of struggles that I deal with on a regular basis, and I know they're just like your struggle. But to believe, but to have faith in God for something miraculous automatically in itself, intrinsically in the idea is that there's something wrong. If I need a miracle, that means something is wrong. I know that part's not good news. You understand? If you need to walk a faith walk and live a supernatural existence, that means we are, we are assuming there's trouble in the world. 
And by Jesus teaching so much about faith, He was assuming that you were going to have trouble in the world. Let me see this your hands. How many of you have some kind of trouble right now? Good golly, Miss Molly. I just got voted in for life. It was unanimous. <laughs> yeah, everybody has something. Jesus gave us faith to overcome our troubles. And he gave us his name so that when we attach his name to our prayers, he said, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. The reason he gave you his name to attach to your prayers is so that you could have authority. So that when you said it, the devil couldn't distinguish between you saying it and Jesus saying it. Glory to God. Glory to God. It strikes terror in him just like it. I think there ought to be screaming in hell every time you wake up. Amen. That's right. Oh, no! She's awake again! I have to come out of this coat. It is so hot. And this is unlike me to do on Sunday morning, but, man, it's hot. When you use the name of Jesus, you use the name of Jesus in faith, Let's take, let's take our Bibles and, and turn, turn, turn with me, uh, Whitney, to Acts. This isn't even in my notes, but I have to do this. Acts chapter uh, 3 and verse 12. Acts 3, 12. I want you to notice something powerful here. Peter and John have... We're on their way to prayer one day. You all know the story. Peter and John were on their way to prayer one day. And there was a lame guy there at the, at the gate, beautiful. And they, in the name of Jesus, they told him to rise up and walk. Peter said, rise up and walk. And then the, the stuff breaks loose. It hits the fan. I said stuff. I don't cuss every time I speak. <laughs> I used hell one day, and somebody, well, I mean, tell you, you could I think the church has grown, though, from it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Tells you what kind of people that live in this town. They like to. <laughs> I'm going to go hear that cussing preacher. <laughs> the stuff has hit the fan. It really has. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Now listen to, listen to these words, they're, they're powerful. Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though we by our own power or holiness that we had made this man to walk? So there's two things you know. It was not the power of this man named Peter, nor was it the holiness of this man named Peter that caused this, this miracle to be distributed, this miracle to happen. It was not his power, nor his holiness. It wasn't how holy Peter lived, or how powerful Peter was. Look down at verse 16. He preaches a little while. He does a great sermon he preaches. And he finishes up with this. And his name, Jesus' name, 
through faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. The faith which is by him hath given him, this, this, this crippled guy, this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. In his name, through faith in his name. His name, through faith in his name, not through holiness. How many of you know you're supposed to live holy? But you can be as holy as a Mormon and still not see miracles. The reason I said that, I've lived next door to Pentecostals and next door to Mormons, and Mormons are holier. They don't even drink coffee. <laughs> All right. Now, now, the, now, the Brigham Young University is named after a man who had 44 wives. I don't know how they figured that into holiness. Mildred, he just makes fun of people. I'm sorry, I do. Now, I want you to notice here, verse chapter 16, John 16, 23. John 16, 23. John 16, 23, Jesus said, And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Wait a minute. I hear people asking Jesus for stuff all the time. I hear people asking Jesus for things all the time. When he says specifically, when he goes away and the Spirit comes, this is about the Holy Spirit coming into our lives. He said, In that day you shall ask me nothing. Is this not real? Do we ask Jesus for stuff all the time or do we not? We kind of always do, but he said we're not going to. We shouldn't. In that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Why is that? Again, when you use Jesus' name with faith in his name, the Father can't distinguish if this, if this is Jesus. If this is Jesus asking him or if it's you. I have some theology for you. The group I was raised in, they were big on calling Jesus the second Adam. But you need to forget that noise. Forget that noise. The reason they were afraid of calling him the last Adam like the Bible does <laughs> There's a big difference because the second Adam might, that might mean that we could be third and fourth and fifth. That the work wasn't finished. He's never called the second Adam one time in the Bible. Every time he's called Adam, he's called the last Adam. Meaning it is finished. If he's the last one, you and I are not yet to come. You and I are already in it. Woo, glory to God. So the Father, when you use His name, here's Jesus talking to Him. Mm. <clears throat> the Creator of the universe. Here's Jesus talking to Him when you use His name in faith. Hitherto ye have asked me nothing. Hitherto ye have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. He said the Father gets glorified, and you get joy. 
God gets glory when you get your stuff. Oh, shoot. Another check came in the mail. I prayed and asked God for a check, and, and it came. Dadgummit. <laughs> Nobody does that. You grab that check and go, ah, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You worship Jesus for, for half a day. And everybody, you see, ha, ah, Got the check. God gets, it's not, that's not deep and theolo theological. That's just the fact. You, when you pray about something, you get, it, you get that prayer answered, you're going to shout to high heaven, you're going to tell everybody you know. You become a great witness and God gets glory yes. through you getting your prayers answered. Yes. He gets a bad reputation by you not getting your prayers answered. <laughs> well, I prayed for that, but you know, the Lord knows. Yeah, the Lord knows what? Come on, Pastor, that's good. Here's how you, here's how you get it. John 15, 7. John 15, 7. You, you get it by staying in the Word, staying under the Word, reading the Bible, hearing preaching like this. John 15, 7. If, seven, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. This is not Holler's promise to you. This is Jesus' promise to you. Ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Oh, 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 getting prayers answered is part of discipleship. Amen. I was trained that being a disciple meant you lay down all your rights and crucify your flesh every day. Don't expect to get anything from God to be a real disciple. Hello. I think we missed a verse or two. Proof that you're a disciple is you pray and get your stuff. Get your prayers answered. I'm hoping to elevate your faith today. I'm not, I'm not rebuking anybody for what hadn't happened to you. I'm trying to look forward for your life. To generate faith in your heart so that when, now when you pray, you'll put these things to work. If you'll put these things to work, God will do His work. If you'll do this work, God will do His work. Alan, come up here and tell that story. That, that one you told me about spit prayer. When you told me last week, <clears throat> just stand right here by me. Right. Want the short version or the long version? Oh, the short version's okay. <laughs> we'll do the long version later. Okay. Well, uh, short version is we got a uh, great niece that was born about three months ago, and she weighed 1.2 pounds, and her lungs weren't fully developed, and there was uh, uh, opening somewhere and she had a lot of problems uh it was about a month before but she was making it i mean they had all kinds of tubes and stuff stuck in her and all that but and she was making it but it was about a month before she started gaining any weight and uh sorry about that sorry. Uh, finally she started gaining a little weight and uh things seemed to be improving somewhat but after uh well this was huh and three months old, which was uh, last week, two weeks ago, um, she came down with, well, that's, she came down with, uh, or she ended up getting two uh, infections, two types of bacteria in her lungs and throughout her body. And the doctors 
couldn't they had like a dozen doctors around her they didn't know what to do anymore they've been doing a lot of stuff it when i said she started getting better it's not like she ever came out of it she never went home she was in the hospital the whole time and uh because uh, dr john's been teaching us about prayer spitting it out and uh also the verse in uh hebrews where he rem he helped us understand that the angels are not sent to us they're sent to minister for us and uh i never understood that i i always thought it was to us they were sent to us you know be ministering to us but they're ministers they're ministers for us and we have the authority in jesus name to send them out and to uh, deploy them in battle and uh so we got word of the, uh, the double infection and bacteria and all that stuff, and she was going downhill really fast. We got word of that, I think, uh, last Sunday. And uh, <clears throat> so, well, last Sunday, the pastor started preaching this, the first part of this, spit it out. And uh, so Sunday night, or was it Monday night? It was Monday night. Monday night, we got together and we decided to pray and uh, I prayed out loud, and I deployed angels to surround our great niece and fight off the attack of this enemy because the fight was not over her so much as it was over her parents. Uh, they're not uh, right with God at the moment. The father, he doesn't know anything about God. He didn't even know what a chapel was for. Uh, he had to ask his mother-in-law what a chapel was all about. And... Uh, so we prayed out loud, we deployed these angels to fight the battle, to push off, to push back the enemy and keep them away from this baby and for the Holy Spirit to come in and heal her and touch her. About five o'clock that morning after we prayed, uh, we prayed about midnight, about five o'clock, the parents were called and told to come down to the hospital uh, just so they could hold her for a while. Things were looking really, really bad. Well, last week, uh, Pastor John also taught, once you ask, once you spit it out, you don't want to keep asking. That's just repetition, and you're not praying in faith. If you, and he said, if you, sometimes you need something, and you need it right now. Well, we needed something right then. He said, give more thanks, because when you give thanks to God for answering your prayer, it obligates him to move. That point. That point was how I lost 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So that morning, uh, Carla's sister texted her and told her how bad things were about uh, eight, seven or eight o'clock. And uh, I just gave more thanks. I remembered what Dr. John said, and I gave more thanks. I wasn't going to ask him again. I asked him once already, and he heard me. So I gave more thanks. And uh, we also gave, we shared with... Uh, my sister-in-law, uh, the passage uh, Dr. John gave us was, uh, for, no, it was uh, Mark 11, uh, Mark, Mark 11, 23, and 24. And you've quoted, can you quote that? Yeah, it says, have faith in God. Verily, verily, I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, but when you pray, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Amen. 
We gave that passage to our, my sister-in-law, Carla's sister, and she read that out loud. We told her to read it out loud, and she read that out loud over her grandbaby uh, all morning. And about 1.30, the doctors came in. It was, I mean, they were still there working on her and all this. Well, about 1.30, they pulled a mucus plug out of her lungs, and immediately her uh, oxygen saturation went up a lot. I mean, it was down in the 60s when this happened. And uh, her oxygen level went up, and she's been improving ever since. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, and so shall ye be my disciples. And he, he calls bearing fruit, getting your prayers answered. There's no accident that that verse 8 of John 15 is right behind verse 7. Now let's move to the second se section of this teaching, and I'm not going to keep you very long today. But I want to talk to you about prayers. Prayers. Specific kinds of prayers. I personally take this to mean prayers that we know. Prayers that are common amongst us. Prayers of the scriptures. Of the scriptures. Prayers in the Bible. Prayers that you can pray as, as models for your prayer life. Pray the prayers of the new covenant. This piece is about praying what God wants you to pray about. The first part was what you want to pray about. Supplications for your own personal supply. But you can pray, pray supplication prayers in intercession as well as in, as in this, this, uh, these prayers of the Bible. You can pray supplication prayers for supply for anyone but I believe it's really aimed at your own supply. But now we're going to talk about what God wants you to pray about. You often find the will of God by praying the prayers found in the scriptures. Miss Ann is a stickler. That's why she even did it at the end. She's a stickler at praying that Ephesians 1 prayer. I pray that God will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. We learn that people in our congregations would hear the word better, would learn the word faster, would move into these revelations a lot more smoothly if we would pray for them to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. They wouldn't be so argumentative. They wouldn't be so argumentative. And if they were argumentative, it didn't last very long. Their hearts were open, their minds were clear to hear what God was really saying because as you know, I teach some things that aren't commonly taught in church. How many of you found this to be true? I teach some things that aren't, that aren't commonly taught because I don't care. I have, no, I have no headquarters to have to satisfy. My headquarters is in Durant, Oklahoma. Praise God. I have no headquarters that I have to satisfy. I don't send money off to some denominational headquarters. I, if I ever do that, y'all try to have me committed. Get the jacket. Wrap me up. 
But I want to say something to you. When you're starting to go through the scriptures looking for prayers to pray, be careful. Not all prayers that are found in the Bible are prayed by people of faith. Like the one in Psalm 51 that I've heard so many people pray through the years. Oh God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Hello, this is not finished work talk. This is not finished work talk. This is acting like Jesus, Jesus just tried his best to save you. But he wasn't quite able to do it. Jesus did his best. That's how most people think. Jesus did his best. Poor little Jesus did all that dying for you, and, and you, you still ain't there. Well, bless your, bless your poor, little, poor little heart. That's the way, that's way you hear it. You're right. yeah. I am right, thank you. Creating me a clean heart. This is a man who is not born again. This is David after he has sinned. Creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Yeah, he had the wrong spirit. He's standing up there in the king's palace looking down on the roof at the wrong woman. Did the wrong thing. And he's begging God to fix it now. He was begging God on the basis of the law, on the basis of his Old Testament experience. Hello, there's a big difference happened since David and you. Big difference has happened. You've got to not, not, not... Let yourself go Old Testament just because you feel that way. I know you felt that way. I felt that way. I know you felt that way. Miss Ann has felt that way. Felt like you just don't deserve it. I need, I need, I need revitalization. But praying like David is not the answer. Praying like Paul is the answer. And they prayed all together differently. Yep. I'm helping you. You'll hear me. <laughs> A number of them are prayed in unbelief. Or they're prayed by unregenerate people. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 is where we want to start because we're going to start learning how to pray. Praying the prayers of Paul. Amen. I'm going to raise my hand for you. I'm going to raise my hand because I know what you're, going to, what you're thinking. Why don't we start with the Lord's Prayer? Again, the book of Hebrews teaches us that a, a covenant or a testament is not in force until the death of the testator. Had Jesus yet died for the new covenant when he gave the Lord's Prayer? What's the answer? No. So the new covenant was not in force when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, was it? No. So the, new, so the Lord's Prayer cannot be fully considered a new covenant prayer, now can it? No. What's missing? What's missing in that prayer? The name of Jesus, the blood. I'm not saying it's not a good, if you want to pray it, pray it. But when you pray it, you need to add new covenant realities to it. Yeah. Like Jesus' name. Don't ever be ashamed of using Jesus' name. Praise God. Have a family in this church today. They said they, they came here and they were loving the church and everything. So then we heard you baptized. I heard you baptized in Jesus' name. That, that's the deal. Amen. Amen. Don't get quiet on me. I'll leave your Father, Son, Holy Ghost in there, but I'm going to baptize in Jesus' name because I'm going to do everything in Jesus' name. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? His name is above every name. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen, amen, amen. amen. 
lay, man's hand, if you come up here and she lays hands on you for healing, she's not going to do it in Buddha's name. You know why you know the name of Jesus is so powerful? Because nobody ever hits their, hits their, hits their thumb with a hammer and says, Oh, Muhammad. That's right. That's a good word. You ain't even cussing if you do that. You don't have them all the time, but sometimes I get myself tickled and I can't go on. <laughs> I'm trying to move along here. <laughs> Every time I start thinking about opening my mouth, I laugh. <laughs> mm. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul says, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. This is all what Paul prays for you. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Unto him be glory by the church, by in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Listen to me. This is a great place to start your prayer life. Amen. If you don't know what to pray, open to Ephesians chapter yes. 3 and start reading. Read it out loud. Read it out loud as a prayer to God. He wants you to pray these prayers. That's why they're in the Bible. You ever wonder why they'd print the prayers and put them in the Bible? So you could pray them. Pray them for yourself. Pray them for the, your friends. This is what God wants you to pray about. It's important to Him that we have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. In the knowledge of Christ. Look at Colossians 1.9. I'll take you there. Colossians 1.9, we're almost finished for today. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, Colossians 1.9, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. It's the same thing as in Philippians, Ephesians 3. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good... I prayed this prayer this morning. Being pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet. See, thanksgiving works with every kind of prayer. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers, made us fit, worthy to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us who has delivered us? Who doesn't need to give me a clean heart today? I've been delivered, praise God. I have a clean heart. All I need is to activate my faith to see it manifest. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. For all of you who are trying to go to heaven, I have some news for you today. As long as Jesus is there, you're there. Yes. Amen. 
If, if you are his. If you are his. Bow your heads with me, please, for a moment. If you are his, you know you're his. And if you're not, you know that too. And I may not know that. But if you're not, you know. The greatest invitation any church can offer a people is this one that's coming. Our connection to God is so much about prayer. That's why I'm teaching on prayer. But it begins with a simple prayer. A prayer of confession. A prayer that says something like this. I believe Christ died for my sins according to the scriptures. I believe the gospel. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. My God in heaven, I believe in Jesus. I believe in what Jesus did. And today I receive Jesus by faith. I believe on Jesus. His death, burial, and resurrection for me. I give you my life. I receive your life. I put all my faith in you, Jesus. And my God, I thank you that you've heard this prayer because I've used Jesus' name. And in his name I do pray. Now this is, this is how you receive the Lord. Does anybody here need to pray that prayer today? Anybody here in this building this morning, we almost have somebody every Sunday say, I need to know Jesus as my Savior. I'm not sure that if I died tonight, I'd go to heaven. I'm not sure, but I want to be. Is that you? If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. I want to pray that prayer with you and let you open your mouth and make that confession that you need Jesus today. You need him whether you know it or not. Everyone does. Everyone needs to believe on the Lord. He's the only way to heaven. Buddha and Muhammad who were mentioned in this sermon, they won't get you there. You'll be trying, but you'll never get there that way. You have a guarantee with Jesus because he's there. He's there. And when you come into life with him, that means you're there. It's a glorious thing. We're not trying to get to heaven. We believe heaven came to us. Heaven came to us in the person of Jesus Christ. He's what makes heaven, heaven. If he weren't there, it'd be a terrible place. He's what makes it worthy of being called heaven. Even his blood, his blood even purified the articles of the, the, ta the articles of furniture in heaven, the Bible says. His blood even made heaven better. That's how powerful Jesus is. here today and you want that prayer for yourself, I want to pray with you. You just signify by lifting your hand. That's me. That's me.